Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Today we're going to look at Psalms 91. So if you've got your Bible, if you've got your smartphone, you can go ahead and you can turn to Psalms 91. Get ready. We're going to at some point read every bit of it throughout the message today. And so you can just earmark that. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. That's what will be on the screen. So if you want to follow along in the same version, if you're on your phone, you can go ahead and lock into the NIV. If you've got a paper Bible and it's something different, then you can follow along as closely as possible. But as I was preparing for today and as I was preparing my heart and really what God would have for me, I landed on Psalms 91 and I really felt like it just kind of spoke to me in some really deep ways. And so today I want to talk to you about kind of really three things that stood out to me out of Psalms 91 of of kind of things that God promises to us, things that God provides to us, things that he says that if we really applied to our life could better our lives and could give us some comfort and some peace to know that these are the things that God says to us. These are the things that God promises us. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The first element that God provides to us, the first thing that God provides to us through Psalms 91 is that God provides security. Let's look at this as Psalms 91. We'll read the first two verses together. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadows of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. What a powerful, powerful statement. It says, who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadows of the Almighty. There's some interesting language that's used here. Most High, the meaning of that statement is sovereign ruler. And Almighty means the one having all power. And so in our lives, if we look at Psalms 91, we really have the opportunity to recognize that God is going to provide us safety. That if we rest in God, we're resting in a secure place. That if we put all of our trust and we put all of our hope and we put all of ourselves in God's covering, if we say, I want to be a follower of Christ and I want to live for him, then what we're saying is, God, I am resting in the safety and the security that only you can provide to me. If we did that in our lives, what would look different? What are the things that right now you're afraid of that if you rested 100% in God, you wouldn't necessarily have to be afraid of anymore? What are the things that you're scared of that you could say, God, I'm going to 100% recognize that you're my refuge and you're my fortress. It's you in whom I trust that you would no longer have to be scared of. There's a story found In the New Testament, Jesus, when he was here on earth, he had his disciples, and this is a group of guys that he had pulled kind of together as a band of misfits. They were, they were some, some of the worst people and in the worst places, and they were tax collectors, and people didn't like tax collectors. They were fishermen, so they smelled. And so Jesus pulled this group of guys together, and there's a moment where he's out on a boat with his disciples, and Jesus goes to take a nap. And so Jesus goes down to the back of the boat, and he's asleep, and the disciples encountered this terrible storm. And they're in this storm, and you got to remember, some of these guys were fishermen, and this isn't the first time they were out in a boat in a storm, right? You've got to imagine, if you spend your whole life fishing, one time or another, you're going to have a storm. And so these are guys that, this isn't their first rodeo. They've done this before. 
If this is a really bad storm and they're scared and they don't know what to do and they're terrified and there's Jesus just asleep and there's a story and it references that they go to Jesus and they say, Master, don't you care that we might die? Jesus, aren't you worried about us? Jesus, we're trying to get through this storm, but we can't get through the storm. And if you know the story, you know that Jesus gets up so calmly. He walks to the front of the boat. He speaks to the waves. He speaks to the wind. He says, peace be still. And instantaneously, it's calm, right? And I think sometimes when we look at this story, one of the things that I love about Scripture and that I love about studying Scripture is there's oftentimes a lot of different takes that you can take on different stories, right? Like you can look and like, what was Jesus doing in the thought process? What was the disciples? And what's the storm represent in our lives? There's tons of different things. And I think sometimes in this specific story, we can sometimes get so caught up in the fact that the disciples tried to do it on their own before they went to Jesus. And then they had a little bit of sorrow sarcasm in their voice when they went to him like don't you even care that we may die like I think there was some some little bit of like undertone there that they were a little frustrated Jesus like how dare you sleep Jesus right but I think the part that we overlook sometimes when we're looking at this story is that even though they tried it on their own And even though they wanted to fix it themselves and not have to bother Jesus when they got to a place of being so afraid what did they do they went to Jesus Jesus, I'm scared. Jesus, I don't know what to do. And yeah, it may have been a little sarcastic. Yeah, it may have been a little rude how they said it to him. But ultimately, it's them going and saying, Jesus, I need you to come be my security. I need you to come be my safe place. When all else fails, they run to Jesus. And if, I, if we look at Psalms 91 and we read those and it says, he is the most high. If we rest in the shadows of the almighty, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. If you're in the boat like the disciples were and you're in the storm figuratively or not, are you running to Jesus? Is he your safety? Is he your security or are you someone that's like, I'm going to figure this out myself. I can do it. I'm smart enough. I'm talented enough. I'm capable. I'll get through this without him. Or do you allow yourself to rest in the presence and the safety and the security of God? So the first element that God provides to us is he provides and he promises us security. The second thing that he provides to us and promises to us in Psalms 91 is he, God, provides deliverance. Let's read together in Psalms 91. We're going to read 3 through 13. It's much more, but it'll all be on the screen. It says, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lions and the cobras. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. There's a lot of analogies there. There's a lot of different things from us resting under the wings. Like if he was an eagle, 
to them picking up so we don't strike our foot, to, to being able to overcome the lions and the cobras. But all throughout that portion of Psalms 91, it's promise after promise after promise that God's going to deliver us. That the enemy's going to bring this against you, but he's not going to be able to harm you. That this is going to come against you, but you're going to be able to come this. Time and time and time and time again. It's interesting that this is a part of the portion when Jesus was taken out into the wilderness by the enemy and tempted. Satan himself actually uses a portion of this. Look at this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. And then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, and this is Satan quoting Psalms 91, he will command his angels concerning you that they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And then Jesus actually references this when talking to his disciples in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. It says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. It's the deliverance of God. It's the moments that God is going to step in and protect us. It's the security that we looked at and the promise of security. And then it's God saying, and I'm going to keep you safe. But then when you go out and when you find yourself in situations, I will deliver you. I will bring you forward. If we look back at Psalms 91 verse 13, the very last one we read, it says, I will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent, if you look at the story of Daniel, Daniel is a book in the Old Testament. It's about a, a, a young man named Daniel. Um, and Daniel had been taken into captivity and, and Daniel's now living in captivity. And there's a ton of incredible things that happen in the book of Daniel. But there comes this moment where Daniel is given kind of this choice. You can stop praying to your God, the one true God. Or if you continue and you get caught, we're going to have to kill you, Daniel. And so Daniel chooses, well, I'm going to keep praying to God. Like, it's the one true God. I'm not going to stop praying to God. And so Daniel gets caught in his prayers. And they take him, and the death that he's going to have to go through is death by going into the lion's den. And to my knowledge, and unless you're a theologian and you know better than me, and you may, that's very literally a den of lions. And so they take Daniel... And they open up this den and they throw Daniel in and they're going to come back the next day to check on the results, but they already know what the results are, right? Like nobody goes into the lion's den and comes out to tell the story the next day. And so they throw Daniel in knowing what the outcome is going to be. And then they come back the next day and they open it up and here comes Daniel walking out of the lion's den, unharmed, unscathed. And they're amazed and they're in shock and they're in awe of what happened. God delivered Daniel. And, and the same promise that God gave in Psalms 91 and the same results that we saw of God delivering Daniel is the same promises that God gives to you and I every single day. Now, here's, let me throw this out there. I'm not saying to buy a ticket tomorrow to Atlanta Zoo and jump the fence into the lion's cage, okay? That's not what I'm saying. I don't think that'd be very wise of you. I don't know that the result would necessarily be the same outcome as Daniel had here. But I do believe that God is telling us here in Psalms 91 that when we go and we're going in the name of God and we're doing what God has called us to do, that God is going to be with us. I remember several years back now, it's been eight or nine years ago, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to South Africa 
and it was incredible. It's a beautiful country. I was there for 15 days, and it was, it was amazing. And while I was there, we did a bunch of different things, and we built this house for pastor, and I had the opportunity to preach in a church there using a translator. But one of the cool things that wasn't necessarily ministry is we got to go on several like safaris, and it's very much like what you picture, like we're in the like the vehicles that are the open, like Range Rovers with the seats. And like, it's like, I felt like I was in Jurassic Park and it was awesome. And so like, we had been a couple of different times and we were going out one time. And the one thing we hadn't seen yet was lions. And we wanted to see the lions. And I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there. And in my sarcasm, I said to the guide, like, why don't you just go to Pride Rock, right? Like Lion King joke. He didn't think it was funny. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Evidently, you didn't think it was funny either. That's okay. That's okay. But I was like, just go to Pride Rock. That's where all the lions hang out, right? And so, but they had this rule. When you saw the lions, you cannot stand up in the vehicle. Because lions evidently, I didn't know this, but lions evidently don't have great eyesight. And so if you drive up in this vehicle, they just kind of see this one massive thing moving all together, and they just kind of think it's a little too big for me to overtake. I'm not going to mess with that. But the moment you stand up, you isolate yourself out as this small enough thing that the lion can overtake, and they say, do not stand up when you see the lions. And so I remember like thinking this and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a safe person. Like I'm not going to like risk anything. Like it was already risking enough to go see the lions. And so I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And so we finally like turned this corner and they're like right next to the vehicle, like on the road. They're sitting there. It was amazing. They're huge. And this lady in front of me, in the vehicle with me, in the seat right in front of me, she goes, <gasps> and she starts standing up. And I drop my camera and I grab her by both shoulders and slam her back down in the seat. And I'm like, do not move. I was so afraid. I'm like, this lion's going to go. And like, as it's reaching to like take her out. And if she gets mobbed by a lion, that's fine. That's on her. But it may like grab me on accident with its arm on its way to attack her. And I was like, I don't want any part of this. Sit down. But I left that day and I was like, I feel like Daniel. Like God has delivered me from the mouth of the lion. Thank you, Jesus, right? But when we go into situations, not like that and not going to the zoo, let's get back to the, to the seriousness of it now. When God calls us to go into places and when we're doing things that are in God's will for our lives, I want us to all know today that, that the promises that God makes in Psalms 91 of delivering us are true for you in your life. When God says, hey, I want you to go to Africa, that God's going with you and he's gonna deliver you. When God says, hey, I want you to go and I want you to talk to your boss about me or to your coworker or to the neighbor that's crazy across the street and you feel like you would rather walk into a lion's than to talk about your faith with that person, I want you to know that God is going with you. And the tough situations and the sticky situations that you may find yourself in when you're living out your faith and you're living on will for God, that God promises in Psalms 91 that he is your safe place for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. They will tread on the lions and the cobras. You will trample the great lion and the serpents. And Psalms 91 is powerful. And Psalms 91 is written for you and what God has called 
you too. God is doing incredible things and can do incredible things if we would live knowing that God is delivering us. So the first promise of God in Psalms 91 is God provides security to us. The second promise in Psalms 91 is that God provides deliverance. And then the third thing that God promises to us in Psalms 91 is that God provides assurance. God provides assurance to us. Look at this in verse 14 through 16. It says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I want to read that one more time because that is powerful. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The assurances of God for each and every one of us should be so peace-giving. Look at these moments that God answers the cries for help from his people. Joel chapter 2, verse 32. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. From Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even amongst the survivors whom the Lord calls. Acts 2, 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's the assurance, it's the promise that God's giving. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And look at these moments that God does not abandon His people in their moments of distress. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Matthew 28, 20. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Time and time and time again. Place and place and place throughout Scripture. The promises of God are showing himself to his people. And it's not just for them in that moment, it's for you today. That wherever you go, God's going with you. Whatever you're doing, God's right there with you. In your moment of fear, let him be your safety. In the moment that you feel like you're walking into the lion's den, know that he can deliver you. And know that his promises reign true forever and ever and ever. Amen. God provides security. God provides deliverance to you. And God provides assurance that he's never going to leave you. And he's never going to forsake you. That he's right there. And so the moment that you feel the most alone, the time in your life that you feel like you're walking into a lion's den, And the time that you're questioning, God, where are you? What would your life look like? What would be different if you lived out the promises of Psalms 91 every single day? What would tomorrow look like if you woke up and you said, God, today I'm going to live knowing that you're providing me security. 
God, today I'm going to live like I know and I believe that every situation I walk into, you can deliver me out of that. And God, I'm going to live today knowing and believing that everything you assure me, everything you promise me can and will come true because you never leave me. You never forsake me. If I call on the name of the Lord, I will be saved. Psalms 91 is powerful. If we call ourselves a Christian in the room, and I recognize today that may not be everybody in the room is, or maybe not everyone in the room are watching online is, or if you're listening to the podcast later, you may not be. And if that's you, thank you for being here. Thank you for trusting an hour of your morning to Generations Church. I am so honored. But if you are a Christian in the room today, if you do say, and if you're not, I'm going to give you the opportunity in just a moment to enter into a relationship with Jesus. It's the best decision you could ever make. If you make that decision today, we'll shoot fireworks off for you. Like, we'll celebrate it big, right? But what would it look like as a follower of Christ if we lived with the boldness and the courage of Psalms 91 every single day, I think there's some things that would happen in our lives. I think the neighbor across the street that scares you to talk to him, I think God would open doors for you to talk to him about your faith journey. I think the coworker that you can't stand being around because of the words they use and the way they talk about people and all those things, I think God would give you a boldness to speak up and to speak truth. I think the situation with your family that's been bothering you and the unhealth that's related to that, I think you would be able to have the boldness and the courage if you may feel like Thanksgiving's coming and you're dreading it because you feel like Thanksgiving's the lion's den. And you're like, God, I need you to deliver me from my family today but I also know that you're going with me and I know that you can help me through the situation. But if you woke up every single day and you lived out Psalms 91 every single day, what would change? I think for some of us, I think we would find ourselves going to crazy places and doing crazy things. There's a guy in our church who God called him to move to Africa, literally. And so he's selling everything. And in just a few months, he's moving to Africa to go and to live out the great commission that God has placed on his life. And God hasn't called every single one of us to go to Africa, but God's called you to go to your neighbor. And God's called you to go to your coworker and God's called you to go to your kids and God's called you to go to your friend and to the guy that works at Chick-fil-A. Well, he may already be saved, but the guy that works at McDonald's but God's calling you. And if you believed and you lived out Psalms 91 every single day of God, you're providing my security and God, you're gonna deliver me and God, your promises stand true for my life. I think we can go and do everything that God's calling you to do. What's he calling you to? What are the things in your life that are stirring and maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I don't really know. And I promise this isn't a sales pitch, even though it's gonna sound like it. You need to go to Discovery Track. If you're like, I don't know what God's calling me to do, go to Discovery Track, sign up. 
You're going to do some spiritual gifts assessments. We're going to really walk through a journey with you to help you figure out, man, this is where my spiritual gift is. I've got the gift of this and God's calling me to this. And we're going to be able to talk to you about, well, what are you going to do with that? And here's some places that maybe God can use you because here's the reality for every single one of us. And it's easy for me to stay because I'm literally standing on a platform. But God called every single one of us to never just sit and to just follow him. God's calling every single one of us and God's placing every single person in this room, every person watching online to do something for God's kingdom. The great commission of go isn't just only if you're a pastor and it's not go to Africa for every one of us. But every single person in this room, God has gifted you with talents and passions and abilities. And what are you doing to advance his kingdom? And I believe that if we're gonna live out what God's called each and every one of us to do, to serve people and to love people and to care for people, I think we have to have Psalms 91 to do it. Because it's gonna be scary. And we gotta be able to lean back on the promises that God's our security. And we're going to walk into some tough situations, but God's going to deliver us. There's some teachers right now that are in like nursery and toddler rooms that like, it may be easier to go into a lion's den. I've been upstairs. It's like craziness up there. And they walk out every Sunday after dealing with like 10, like three-year-olds and like, God, you delivered me from the lion's den again today. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you laugh because it's your children. <laughs> But maybe God's calling you to that. And you say, man, I'm going to give up an hour of my time once a week on Sunday mornings to teach kids about Jesus. Is there anything better? But he may have to deliver you on some Sundays. But every week, what if we, every day, what if we, every hour, what if we said, God, you are promising me that when I call on the name of the Lord, I will be saved. You're going before me. You're going with me. Everywhere I go, everywhere I am, God, you're right there with me. And so what does it look like? And what are we supposed to do with Psalms 91? I think there's three things that we have to do with Psalms 91. One, we have to rest in the shadows of the Almighty. Two, we have to stand boldly in the confidence of the victories that God will give us. And then three, we have to praise God for the promises that He makes. We rest in the shadows of the Almighty. We stand boldly in the confidence of the victories God gives us and we praise God for the promises that He makes. And I believe if every one of us woke up every day and did every one of those, that our families would change, our workplaces would change, where would God take us? What would God use us to do? What would we be able to be a part of because God would be able to use you in the way that he designed you to be used. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, first and foremost, if you're in the room today and you have never entered into or maybe you've walked away from a relationship with God and you say, today I need to admit that I am a sinner in need of a savior and I wanna begin this journey or maybe pick up where I left off this journey that God is placing me on, and I need him to come and be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I recognize that Jesus died on a cross for my sins. If that's you today, I just want you to lift your hand and then you can put it right back down.
Thank you so much. Second thing is maybe you're in the room today and, and you just need to say, I need to start living the Psalms 91 life. Then I need to rest in the presence and the peace that God is my security. And maybe you need to just say, like, I've been scared of some things and God can do that. Or maybe you're going into some situations. you like, I, I need God to be my refuge and I need God to be my fortress. And I need God to be the place that I can know that I can trust in Him and believe in Him. And maybe you today just need to say, I need God to be my assurance. I need to rest in the promises that God's made. If that's you today, I just want you to lift your hand. Several hands. Several hands of people just saying, I need to live out Psalms 91 today. God, let's pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for everything that you're doing in and among our lives. God, I pray for every person that's in this room. I pray for every person that's watching online. I pray for every person that will listen to this service in the future, God, that you would allow us to live out Psalms 91, to know that you are a safe place, to know that you will deliver us, and know that you are assuring and promising things to our lives. God, let us live that boldly and confidently every single day. God, for the people in the room that are saying today is the day that I want to enter into a relationship with Jesus, I I just praise you, God, and I thank you for the decisions that are being made. God, let them know that it's all what they're doing in their heart. They don't have to do anything other than just say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. God, we love you. God, we thank you. In your name I pray. And everybody in the room said, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.